Countdown. Two. Nine. Witness the power of this fully armed and operational battle station. <laughs> Welcome, one and all. Paul Preston here, the movie guys, with you. Uh, alongside me, Sean Blodgett. The mighty Sean Blodgett, who uh, comes to us. We've worked together many times in various wacky venues. Yes. Uh, now the owner of a production company. Yes, Creative Motion Entertainment. We've been around for 10 years. We deliver Hollywood-style cinematic images at a fraction of the cost. There you go. And we are in the middle of Hollywood, in Burbank. <laughs> middle of Hollywood. Uh, Sean and I both have production companies, so we figured, hey, we love Star Wars, we love production companies, so here we are. There it is. Uh, and the mighty Admirals Club in Burbank, California, where you may now behold the ultimate power of the <laughs> Countdown to Nine podcast. Uh, this is going to be your monthly check-in for how much closer we are to Star Wars Episode Nine. And mm -hmm. as of this taping, Sean, it's 44 weeks and six days. I'm so excited! I we can't wait. That sounds better than 308 days, which is the same thing. Yes. Both are correct. 44 weeks sounds better, smaller number. Oh God, that just sounds like a long time, too. What are we doing, Sean? We're already talking about Star Wars? <laughs> well, we're already talking about Star Wars. I mean, I, I brought this idea to you because I, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I, I, I wanted to jump in early in the year before we actually get to that time where it's about to be released and, and take a moment and review the films and talk about why we love them, maybe why you hate them, maybe why you're frustrated by them, but, but you know, the, the phenomenon that they are. We will bring you uh, film recaps of all the movies made up till now in the Star Wars universe, analysis, opinions, interviews, guests, jokes, Ugnaughts, Banthas, <laughs> Porgs, Raftars. There's a lot to go through, and you uh, to get you fully prepared to take in what we imagine is the finale of George Lucas's imagined triple trilogy or yes. nonagon or whatever you want to call it of movies. Uh, it was all originally supposed to come to nine, right? Well, I mean that was, I mean that was the significance, at least for me, this idea of, wait a second, they're about to do number nine. This is what we were always promised. I, re I remember being a kid and thinking, oh my God, there's going to be nine movies. And so there's there's a lot of, I mean, there's videos on the internet that talk about, uh, you know, he was going to do nine and he wasn't going to do nine. And then there's like literal interviews of him saying, I'm never doing seven, eight, nine. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then of course Disney buys it. And of course it's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, at least in my mind, it was always, you know, once the, once the prequels were done, for me, I always had hoped that he was going to finish it. Did he? I mean, yeah, so that's interesting. I think I heard that, you know, or maybe I just wanted it when I was young and pretend, thought I heard it. Yeah. There's going to be a hundred of them, right? I actually remember <laughs> writing in, I think it was like seventh grade, uh, some story about that I was going to be a writer on one of the Star Wars movies, and, oh. and that was where I was where I was headed, you know? And, of course, that didn't that part didn't happen not yet. yet. Oh, not yet. Not, <laughs> yet. not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, as ever, we encourage interaction, so please chime in at themovieguys.net, at countdowntonine to 9 at gmail.com, or on social media, which includes facebook.com slash countdown to 9, at countdown to 9 on Twitter and Instagram as well. Pipe in, yell at us. Uh, agree with us, or uh, at least me. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll kick <laughs> off things proper with a full show dedicated to Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's the beginning chronologically. Yep. After that, we continue in the Star Wars universe chronologically once a month with full shows 
covering Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, then Solo, a Star Wars story, then Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, and uh, The Last Jedi. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> yeah, it, um, which is true. The Jedi returns two movies later. Well, he's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in in defense of that movie, which which we'll get to later, but in, in defense of that movie, you know, I mean, time had passed, and there were yes, you know, there there were good in times. Real, he even says there were good times. Yes. I mean, they, in real time, for, for a while there was balance. Yeah, yeah, in real time and in their universe, in both universes, right? Ours and theirs, <laughs> right? Time passed, right? Much time passed. Yes, yes. But which, uh, by the way, I liked when you were reading the list that when you got to the original Star Wars film, not Episode One, the original Star Wars film, you just said Star Wars. I'm not that guy who says Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sorry, right? <laughs> it's Star Wars. Yes, not a New Hope. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you go with the the head of the scroll of each movie, then that's accurate. But right. They didn't. And I'm not going to. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but let's go back to the beginning of our chronological time okay. uh, in space. Sean and I are going to guide you through these. Look at the ten major theatrical releases. We're not going to cover Clone Wars or extended canon or anything. Um, so you know what our deal is. Let's trace our relationship with these legendary movies. So, Sean, yeah. how did you first see Star Wars? A new hope. Okay, uh, how did I first see Star Wars? Um, The story goes uh, that I was two, and my mom took me to the movies to see it. And I looked at the big screen, and I said, turn off that big TV. That's, that's, I I don't actually have a memory of it, but my my actual Star Wars memories start with uh, The Empire Strikes Back, which I have a a huge love and fond of in terms of just a, a film itself, but but also as a Star Wars film, I think it's the greatest of the lot. So, I was seven, and I saw it in the theater. My dad took me, and I didn't know anything. I'm like going to see Pete's Dragon or whatever, you know, Fox and the Hound. That was right. after that. But, you know, those type of movies are what I'm going to see as a kid. And suddenly my dad's like, we're going to go down to the, the Oneonta Theater in upstate New York. It's a beautiful, gorgeous, former vaudeville Stage, but now is a is a theater, big echoey space, right? You know, but uh, huge screen. I sat down, had popcorn. Is there my dad? And suddenly, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I just was like, duh. <laughs> Mouth on the floor, fell in love with Han Solo. I mean, nothing like that. Yeah, ever. Yeah, and, and if you're, I mean, and if we were fortunate for our age to have Star Wars as a big screen experience, even Empire. Yeah, you know, because we were seeing an advance in technology we'd never seen before. Either. Yep, a kid who grows up now knows anything can happen in the movies. Right, we didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen on their iPhone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, exactly. there's yeah, and their watch, their yeah. Apple Watch, yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Blowing Dick Tracy out of the water. I mean, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, but for us, yeah, certainly it's it's. I had seen nothing like that before. Yeah. You know, and then moving on to Empire, I mean, I was still so young. I'm like, Han Solo's dead. No, they, he's not. He's frozen. He's dead. <laughs> you know, they explained. I watch Empire now. I go, they fully explained everything is going to happen. They're going to freeze him and take him to Java. Right. But I went, ah, you know, I didn't know what's going on. That's so, so interesting because, I mean, I, I didn't really have a ton of memories of A New Hope. I think I went back and saw it after I was watching, you know, The Empire Strikes Back. And 
having that that linear feeling of of what that must have been like. I mean, for me, it was just Empire, and so that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, after that, you go out, you get the storybooks. I mean, back you know, you're not watching that movie again until right. it's back in theaters. Right. Of course, it's in theaters for a year. For a long time, <laughs> I remember seeing it in the theater uh, Empire. Anyway, I remember seeing it in the theater. I don't know how many times. I mean, I feel like it was like 10 times at least. Yeah. And then back in the day, you know, of course, this was way before the internet and all of that stuff. I remember uh, we got some bootleg copies of Empire and Star Wars, which may have been where I actually saw Star Wars uh, on on Betamax because we had a Betamax player. And, you yeah. know, and you actually had to change the tape because it was too long for the <laughs> tape. So, But I remember watching it over and over and over again. Yeah, or I got, you just get the storybook and you read that or you get the albums and yeah. sort of do the audio. Oh, my God. Narration of everything. I have so many fond <laughs> memories of those albums. And, oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I yeah. remember specifically, it was a few years later after Raiders of the Lost Ark that I think I was old enough to come home and just be completely agog at what I saw. Yes. You know, Star Wars was a lot, and over time, I, I just, I loved everything, but I knew by 11 that the filmmaking I saw was just as impressive as the fantasy place I'd been taken to yeah. when I saw Raiders. Then yeah. I went back and reappreciated all of Star Wars as well. By then, I was like Joe Movie Guy Yeah, for the rest of my life. It was one of the things that I, you know... I mean, I love all the technology. I love where it's gone. I mean, it's very exciting that the proliferation of everything and people are, you know, making these amazing videos. I mean, just on YouTube, you see stuff and it's like, oh my God, this is incredible. You know, 15, 20 years ago, this this one 10 second video would have cost, you know, 50,000, 100,000, $200,000. Now it's some kid in a basement doing like, hey guys, this is my YouTube video. I'm telling you how to do all these explosions <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, but back then when you watched all the behind the scenes and you're seeing all that and you're seeing this technology, you're just, I mean, enthralled, amazed. I mean, I, I also for a very long time felt like lightsabers had to be real. Even though I had watched the behind the scenes, I kept going, there's got to be something. And I kept looking at like tube lights and stuff, you know, and, and I'm like, there's got to, maybe it's that. And they they fire it up. I mean, there's something, right? You well, know? now we have Neil deGrasse Tyson to come along and take a crap on all that. Right. You know? Well, if it's light, it clearly cannot be bound by uh, something that you can physically, get out of here, Neil. Yeah, yeah. That's now he's not just what doing I that see. for a goof. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so today, what? If I suppose you could grow up with Harry Potter yep. and have a similar sort of I think the Harry experience. Potter thing is big for, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up with it. I didn't, I haven't even read all the books. I haven't even seen all the films. Um, my daughter is is in the midst of reading uh, one of the books right now, and she's starting to really fall in love with it. And I've read a few of them, and now I go, oh, okay, I start to get this. But I, you know, because he didn't grow up with it, it just doesn't have that, for me, it doesn't have that same well, feel. they put out 10 films in half the time. So if yeah. nothing else, they win for... You know, being prolific. True that, yo. <laughs> you know, two fantastic <laughs> beasts and a bunch of Hogwarts adventures. Right, yeah. So why are these movies so meaningful? To uh, me or in general? Well, to both. Because um, in general, I mean, we don't talk about Annie Hall quite like we talk about <laughs> Star Wars. Same year, Annie Hall won Best Picture. Star Wars has become a cultural phenomenon. Why is that, Sean? Explain I mean, that I, to everybody I, 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 in, in a sentence. <laughs> Uh, it's not a big people, question or anything. People who need... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a big question. I think... Because Lucas would have been laughed out of town. He was the director of American Graffiti saying, I got a space opera, opera for you. And the, the, Well, I mean, let's face it. He was on set. I mean, when you see all the behind-the-scenes stuff and you hear about what the uh, the crew and, and everybody else that was working on it were like, this is terrible. What is this crazy robot that, you know, making all this sound? And, I mean, what are they doing? I mean, and even if you look at some of the outtakes... 
you can tell there there were moments where there was discovery happening. I think there was there was some time on set where they were like, is is this are, are there moments where this is going to go funnier than we think? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, ultimately, thank God, you know, Lucas and and uh, uh, his wife at the time, they you know they edited the film and and made it what it what it became, what it is. But but there's like 20 minutes with no dialogue. Yeah. Just Jawas and droids making right. noise uh, right. in the desert. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, honestly, it, it's he interesting people too. Would want to see it. Like, I mean, you know, now, in in comparison to movies now, I mean, you know, Star Wars at the time was like fast driving, hard. You know, I mean, that movie was moving. Mm-hmm. But now, if you go back and look at it, I mean, it it doesn't drive. Although I will say, I have I have a new love for it. Um, if you watch Rogue One and then watch Star Wars. That first 20 minutes is way more exciting. <laughs> I mean, it was already pretty cool, but it's pretty damn exciting thinking about where we just came from and, you know, continuing on. Although it's a little strange in that now it also changes. Now we have two Star Wars films that that actually do start back to back. Aside from Last Jedi and Force Awakens, you know, there's two sets of them now. Well, I'll contend that one, one of the reasons it succeeds is that it's, it's at heart a 70s movie. Yeah. I mean, Lucas is coming out of the whole team with Coppola and De Palma and Scorsese right. and making these meaningful 70s movies. And that's, right. even though it's a space adventure, that's what it is at heart. It's a hero's journey encapsulated right. in a solid script with all, you know, littered with interesting characters and moving at a pace that's more like a 70s movie. Right. And so if you don't like 70s movies, <laughs> surprise, you do. Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're like, oh, I don't like the 70s movies, man. They're dumb. And I, I like, you know effects and stuff and I like Marvel and everything. Right. No, you do like 70s movies cuz you like Star Wars. Right. And Star Wars is ultimately why any of those movies really exist in, in this day and age. I mean, it was the start of something. And it not just started, well, it kickstarted a cultural revolution. Yep. An industry revolution as also well. Also I mean, a spiritual revolution by the way. I mean, there were people that got into the force. Yeah. In a, in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's it's a take on Religions and religions have taken off of it. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. In, in its wake. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, mean, I, I like the the exploration of you know where Lucas went with the Force. I like I like where where Disney is going with the Force and and uh, you know the astral projection and things like that. I mean, you know they're they're pushing things to. <laughs> Sorry, the word midi chlorians just crossed my mind, and you probably saw that. Well, I saw it in my face. I know we're not going to delve into any of the cartoons, and I didn't get a ton into the cartoons. I'll do it. I do like Star Wars Rebels. Um, but there was a, a short series uh, on the Clone Wars that that goes into the wills. And if you ever have seen the, any of the original scripts of Star Wars, it's uh, – oh, God, I forgot the full name. But it's something like Luke Starkiller and the Journey of the Wills or something like that. And ultimately, I think he was going to tie the midichlorians into the wills, which are sort of like these spiritual beings, that there was this um, sort of ultimate connectivity that, you know – that it comes down and and ultimately you know it, the midichlorians are part of us and then it's a, you know I mean it's a whole thing so Yoda was supposed to have a big Will's adventure he too, does right? he does yeah. in the in the oh, Clone Wars anime it okay. was like a a bonus season or bonus part of of the Clone Wars yeah should I watch them you know I haven't I, I I didn't love the Clone Wars I know a lot of people love the Clone Wars animated series I, it didn't speak to me um, but I happened to find that bonus uh, uh, those few episodes and I loved what that had to say. I, I thought that was superbly interesting and, and 
you know, explained a lot of stuff. I hope we didn't lose a bunch of viewers just now in saying that we don't watch or deal with the We absolutely did because there are people that that friggin' love I hope instead they tell me why I should watch it and then I will. Why? Because I watched the movie. Right. I'm a movie guy. Right. I watched the Clone Wars movie. I may not have time to watch the whole TV series. The Clone Wars movie but, I, I really didn't like. Now, ooh, people people oops. liked right, the well, Clone Wars. That. People liked the <laughs> whoops. <laughs> people liked the Clone Wars series, okay. which I think people enjoyed more than the movie. But I, I haven't seen enough of it to know how much it all All right, so I'll put it all so. on the table if yeah. anyone wants to tell yeah. me what I should watch. I'll you should check out Rebels. I really like Rebels. I think that was I think they I think they did that right. I think Rebels they did right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. And of course, as far as the industry goes, Star Wars changed the game entirely yeah. to where now Industrial Light and Magic and Skywalker uh, sound are embedded in high-tech arena movies. Yep. You know? I mean, everything... They touch everything. I mean, yeah. almost everything. I mean, and they were the start of everything, you know? I mean, it. it, it the whole thing is foundational. And one of the things that we're going to get into uh, that I, I find interesting is, you know, as the the... The technology got better as the technology progressed. You know, say what you will about the prequels, whether you like them, hate them, whatever. The prequels are superbly important cinematic uh, pieces of work because that technology that was developed to do the prequels changed how we do movies now. Yeah, we had the stained glass uh, character creature from Young Sherlock Holmes. We had the water creature from The yeah. Abyss, but we had never had a fully CGI interactive yeah. character who was plot important right. and interacted with the main human character. Yeah, as well. and you know, well, since, we're, we're, since we're, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit, yeah, but right. but who cares? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, whether you hate or love Jar Jar Binks, although I love the Sith theory of Jar Jar Binks, which is so much fun to watch. Oh, I, have you I not want seen to hear it? that now? But oh my god, you have it. to see Certainly it. Certainly bring it up next it. week. It's absolutely brilliant. But. Um, but the, the the actual CG of him and what they did with his character um, was really amazing. And and you know Lucas is very good at detail. I think he I, I think his that's really where he shines is is knowing the details. I, you know, and we're gonna get into more of that. But I mean, I, where I think it, I don't love what he has to say in terms of maybe some of the screenwriting or the direction specifically with actors. I think that's where some of that starts to fall apart for specifically the prequels. And I think that's ultimately why uh, Empire, out of all of them, uh, I think to this day is still the greatest of all of them because Irvin Kirshner just, just, he nailed it. And he really made it about, he wasn't making a science fiction film, you know, uh, he was he was making a fairy tale. And and if you ever see any, there's a, um, there's a lost behind the scenes that I found on YouTube that was just, it was very interesting. It was like probably the BBC or something like that. And I had never seen it before. I recently saw it. And it's it's really cool because you really get this sense. I mean, it's, it's all the stuff of them in the snow. So they're all miserable. And I mean, like the film is freezing and you really see all of this, like how they made this film. And he just, he's really working with the actors and he really cares about story and he really cares about this arc. And and there were a couple of times where the the, the documentarian was sort of pushing him and saying, you know, that this is a science fiction film. And he was like, no, this is, this is a fairy tale. This is fantasy. And I, I think that that's a, a superbly uh, important distinction um, when we're talking about Star Wars versus really anything else. Yeah, science fiction would be taking science, earth science, to a new level. Right. And fantasies is completely taking you to an entirely different world. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, a lot of people will misrepresent 
Star Wars is sci-fi. Yeah. It is I mean, one of the most brilliant things that Lucas did was at the very beginning of the film, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We've seen it a million times. We love it. I mean, all the fan films use it, you know, but, but the truth is what that does in terms of storytelling is it says, hey, we're going to go somewhere else. All of your rules don't matter. <laughs> and we're going to play. And as much as you love these characters, they're all dead now. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, wait. That's yeah, that, is that what I was supposed to get? Well, out? I, I mean, I. <laughs> that's dark. That's well, the dark I think one. that's the fable part. Ah. I think that's the the you know the once upon a time part, the, yeah, the fairy absolutely. tale part. You know what I mean? But yeah, but I think it does reset it for us in terms of just watching it. You know. My favorite is still Star Wars. We'll get into that. Nice. Uh, so come on back to Countdown to Nine uh, podcast, posting on the 15th of every month. Yep. The last uh, show will post, the last show of this mini-series, uh, will post five days before the release of Episode Nine, giving you our full preview. Yep. And besides these profiles of the past films, we'll keep you up to date with what's doing mm-hmm. as the latest developments uh, come out about Episode nine. Pretty soon we're going to get a title, then yep. we're going to get a poster, then we're going to get a trailer. I thought we were going to get a trailer at the Super Bowl. I'm still bummed I know, about that. No, but a lot of title, though. I, 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 at the last minute, balked at this. So we're yeah. not going to get anything. Yeah. They probably would want to release both I'm always things a little separately. nervous about the titles, because every time they release a title, I'm always like, mm, okay. The worst being, of course, Attack of the Clones, because they didn't attack, and they're good guys. So uh, we, we we already know about some cast additions. By the way, I love that movie, and uh, we'll get into that, too. <laughs> uh, we already know cast additions. Carrie Russell is on board, and the current Oscar nominee, Richard E. Grant, who's yep. been great for years, and I would love to see whatever yep. he's doing in this movie. Also, Chris Terrio is on board as a writer. Man, did he screw up the DC Universe. But I'm still on board with him because of the Oscar he won for Argo, which I think is a great film. Right. So I think that's a good get for the Star Wars universe. Well, also, too, I mean, when you have a writer like that, you've got somebody who you hope is going to really ground the dialogue, is going to ground the story arcs, is going to really add some weight. I mean, that's been a lot of the complaints about this new trilogy from fans and things like that is – you know, where's the arc? Where, where, why do I care about these characters? You know, and I, I, I think that this film, I think this film is really going to pay it off. But you love The Last Jedi, and I, I think did. that blew the arc apart. Like, it's tough to have an arc when you pull the rug out from, from everything that was the previous movie's goals and missions. Well, I think what The Last Jedi did was it reset the expectations. I, I, I think it turned everything on its head. What, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, and. The, not here, but <laughs> <laughs> but you don't um, you don't want to listen you, to you don't a want five to listen to it. yeah no no <laughs> um, but I mean and we'll get into it in detail but you know when I watched the Last Jedi what I loved most about it really was the surprise because as a filmmaker as a storyteller myself um, you get to a, a place where you start to expect things okay page 10 this is going to happen or here you know here's this you know and say okay now we're in act two and you know everything starts to get really predictable and i feel like what what ryan johnson did great was destroy that predictability for someone like me because i literally i remember sitting in the theater going well i just don't know what the hell is going to happen now <laughs> <laughs> you know, because everything just literally changed, you know, um, and and there were so many surprises. Now, Colin Trevorrow, of course, from Jurassic World was booted from the project. Um, he From the latest one, from, from episode from nine. From episode nine. Yeah. And uh, a co-writer of his. Right. But there's still listed as co-writer. So whatever they started into, just taken over now by Terrio and J.J. Abrams right, to right. make what we're going to see. Right. So, I mean, I, I could give or take. Jurassic World. I actually like Fallen Kingdom better than Jurassic World, even yeah. though most people tell you that's a high, giant hunk of junk. There's a movie that just like 
screw it all and they right. went and they did what i mean the the craziness that movie has and how they stick every landing for the for the wacky choices they make i was entertained yeah not gonna lie yeah what i'm interested in seeing uh in terms of the delivery of this i mean there's so many things i'm, I'm interested in seeing but but um you know traditionally for me jj abrams is a great setup guy i think he's a brilliant filmmaker doesn't always doesn't always get to the answer no and it's almost like he runs away like before he even cares about giving you the answer yeah yeah this was great you guys got this bye <laughs> i'm gonna make something else yeah i mean i think i, I mean i don't know him but I, I i feel like the sense i get from watching his work is that he likes the questions he likes to to pose the questions to the audience and things like that and i i think there's something about that and and giving that task to the person who is used to just posing the questions, now you have to answer them. Yeah. I, I actually think, in some ways, this is going to push him as a filmmaker, and so I'm excited to see, you know, where he and how he delivers that. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, he will be. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, he's got to give us some damn answers, Mister Lost. Mister, <laughs> he's got to give us answers. Which, by the way, I still love Lost. I still love Lost. I know a lot of people hate it, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, so here's our pledge to you. Now that you know uh, who we are and what we're what we're doing. Uh, we're not going to come from a know-it-all place, yep. so tune in. We we, you know, we don't know what we know some stuff. We'll yeah. share it with you. But uh, we're like you. We love these movies. We hate these movies. We like some of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And our panels of guests will also have an array of perspectives and people who've direct history with the film to yeah. a few yeah. people have, yeah. have made the news or worked on them, and yep. we'll bring those in as well, hopefully. And if you follow the movie guys for any amount of time, you know that uh, I'm also good for a solid helping of bits. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that, that always helps us bring you, try and bring you things that you're not going to get in any other podcast. Right. You know, they, they're, I'm not going to lie. There's about 30 podcasts out there blathering out about Star Wars every week. Right, so we're right. going to try and keep it unique with this pared down monthly show with uh, unique content every time you tune in. Yep. Uh, so that's us, Paul Preston. Sean Blodgett. Uh, you get what we're about. Come up back monthly. We'll cover the Star Wars film franchise uniquely. Deliver a few laughs. That's the 15th of every month. And once again, follow us at Facebook.com slash Countdown to Nine, at Countdown to Nine on Twitter and Instagram, as well as iTunes, YouTube, uh, and all that. Of course, the movieguys.net as well. And we cover all manner of movies there constantly every week. But you can head there now if you wanted to read about the latest Star Wars movies we reviewed when they came out, The Last Jedi, Rogue One. Um, and so just search Star Wars in there. You'll find an article about Star Wars villains, podcast talk from the past, and my appearances on other podcasts talking about Star Wars. Nice. It just it, it never stops with the Star Wars talk. Do you think they'll go beyond nine, and uh, or will oh, they yeah. just do standalones I, or kickstart a new? No, I, I think they're act absolutely going to go beyond. I mean, whether or not Ryan Johnson is going to get his trilogy, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope he does, to be honest, because I think he's an interesting filmmaker, and I think he got thrown under the bus pretty quickly for this, um, what he did in uh, the Last Jedi. But I, I do think they're going to go on for sure. I mean, I, the truth is, uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the behind the scenes of the Last Jedi at all. But no, uh, it's a very interesting documentary compared to all of the other Star Wars documentaries because it actually has a bit of darkness to it in general. I mean, it's very artsy. Um, but like it's a Werner Herzog uh, documentary. About <laughs> I don't know about Jedi. that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about all that. But I mean, I think it was it was a little dark. But I think you know his intention really was how do we how do we continue this because once we wrap out the Skywalker saga. What do you have? And I think that is really the 
at the heart of what he was trying to set up. Aside from from being a part of the the Skywalker saga films, I think he was trying to plant the seeds for the future. And weren't the Game of Thrones creators brought in to do some uh, movies too? We'll have to look at that as well. Yes, uh, to do something. We got the Mandalorian television show coming out, which the yeah. last thing I read about that was it's going to go back and feel like the original trilogy, which is interesting because are they answering? The call that maybe people didn't like when they veered from the original feel. I mean, I feel like that's where the some of the problem comes in too. Is like you know, I think you know, I think you can let go. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's what the Last Jedi is all about. I mean, it's about letting go. And I mean, honestly, I I would like them to not continue to just make movies just about you know that that period of time right before Star Wars. Uh, you know, the original film. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think it would be interesting to move forward. Um, I mean, I have a lot of opinions about what, you know, and we're going to get into it too, of like mm-hmm. what we kind of wished things would have been, be, you know, have been, you know, I, I, I personally think if, if they were doing seven, eight, nine, you know, they, they really did. Um, I guess we're back in the show. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I really wish they would have gone a different direction. You know, they, they did essentially, um, there, there's a, a phrase that's in the Hollywood Reporter, uh, this Hollywood Reporter um, article I read, uh, called the requel, and people have maybe heard of it, but it's it, a requel is is kind of a sequel, it's kind of a reimagining, it's you know it's kind of all of these things in one, and you know the Force Awakens I think is one of the greatest examples of a requel. It's it's a newer kind of idea, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's sort of a reimagining. It's sort of kind of just uh, uh, you know taking what people liked and putting it in there, and then it's sort of moving the story forward. And it's uh, you know there's a Lazy, lot of easy maybe. Um, I think safe. Okay. Well, yeah. I think safe, and I yeah. uh, honestly I think safe and smart. I mean, when you invest four point zero eight billion dollars in purchasing a company, you want to get some return. And, you know, literally within that first, I think it was within the first year, they, I mean, they had surpassed, <laughs> you know, in that terms of the biggest of, movie of know, all time. They did yeah. Right. I mean, so. you know, so, uh, yeah, well, I, it did something right. But I, anyway, to my point, I, I think, it, you know, they went with this whole sort of, uh, you know, the same kind of thing, like with the stormtroopers and the sort of Nazi thing and all that stuff. I think it would have been really interesting uh, if if they would have reimagined all of that and went with a more terrorism kind of feel, you know that that uh, the first order was this like the first order was sort of more like the what the rebels were, but you know they're evil and so they're trying to put fear into people and trying to control the universe that way and get their power that way and and I don't know it would have been interesting to see that kind of a rise. Um, hmm. Of the evil, I don't know. That that was just one of my ideas, uh, which I did actually start originally. I did start writing in episode seven when I first heard it was <laughs> just for myself, and I, there was a part of me was like, maybe I could. And I'm like, come on, just stop. You know, Sean, you're we're going to pick that up in December. I know, I know. So I hold know. that thought. I know. I'm going to hold. Oh, I got so much to say. <laughs> Uh, but in the meantime, that's a wrap on episode one. Well, not our coverage of episode one. That's no, because that's coming. Month, but the, our first episode. And we're going to talk about why episode one is a superbly important film. I look forward to that. <laughs> Until March, Sean, I love you. I know. <laughs>